How do we revolutionize cancer care? What innovations can solve global food scarcity? Can the next big leap in drug development come from a place you might not expect? These are the questions that drive us on New Wave, a podcast where curiosity meets life-changing science. In Nova Scotia, a new wave of pioneers are answering these questions, from reimagining how we treat the most daunting diseases to tackling the challenges of feeding a growing planet. Their stories are as inspiring as they are impactful. I'm Taylor McGilvery. Join me as we dive into these extraordinary narratives. We're not just talking about scientific breakthroughs. We're exploring how these advancements touch lives, reshape communities, and pave the way for a brighter future. Subscribe to New Wave on your favorite platform. Be part of a journey that takes you to the heart of innovation and shows how, in Nova Scotia, we're not just asking questions, we're finding answers. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there, so sorry to bother you. Um, just a quick question. Where the hell have you been? Life's a Wreck Season 5 is starting. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Do you know how much work goes into this shit? Do you? Come on. Come on. Seriously. Man, hello everybody, our lovely listeners. We missed you guys. Our little, our little neurodivergent family. Our little wonderful little community of weirdos. Young, old, humans, aliens. Man, it's been almost a month. A month of no lyserac. Went by pretty fast too, eh? Hey, watch your mouth. Oh my god, stop it! We're all adults here. We're independent. Who cares? Aren't you tired of bleeping this stuff out? Yeah, but... Well, then there you go. Bob's your uncle. Oh, fair enough. Season five. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Crazy times. We've, we have come a very long way. I gotta say. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up. I always kind of imagine the podcast becoming like a journal for me, but then like the whole relationship with you and everything. You just talk about the relationship that saved this show from mediocrity. By the way, just real quick, if you're new to the podcast, I'm Kyle Moore. This is the voice of my mental health. But intros aside, like, do you want to see something really cool? Like, really interesting? What are you... Do you want to hear some of the first clips that you were ever in? Like a little voice in the background could barely hear you. Are we going to have a little uh, little blast from the past here? Two years ago. 
Yeah. Okay. So here you go. Here, listen to this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one, the casting of the boat. Ha, because of the ship thing. Of life's a wreck. So here's a podcast. The podcast that's kind of like a spoonful. Of- Stop, don't look. I thought the ship. I thought the ship thing was yeah, funny. But like, listen how far in the back you were. Like the idea of creating this voice of my mental health, even though originally you were just like cracking some mm. jokes. Like, <laughs> well, like here guy dude you know i love a metaphor like here this was a good one where i made a boxing reference this boxing reference which i use all the time i use that for the first time it's almost like you're in a boxing ring and you just went 12 rounds with someone and you're absolutely exhausted and then a new fighter gets in and you're on the canvas looking up like what the fuck and then someone Yo, just starts up? feeding you so you could tell there's a little you know the gears were uh the gears were turning at a very young age yeah and- yeah those were some days i'm not like the most proud of cracking jokes trying to build you up tear you down but but nothing man like whatever like you've been there since the start but mental health started as this thing that was like in the background it was hidden even in these episodes which was all about mental health but like as we've grown the podcast has grown and like me fuck i've grown you became more and more of a positive fixture in this podcast like it wasn't this like you know degrading nitpicking or whatever i mean like i'm still a grown man talking to himself right now but like it it means something to me you know, like talking to you in this like creative way, having this as a creative outlet, this has helped me through so much. And, and you went from being this thing that scared the f- Jesus out of me to the thing that like I'm, I'm most interested in and I'm, I'm so unbelievably proud of. Wow. Hmm. It's man, it's just special. It's just special. I'm a very, very lucky guy. I, I don't have much to add, man, but I, I am proud of you. Like we healed, man. <laughs> through all of this it, it feels good to be understood mm. in some weird way so thank you like really oh, dude of course whether you like it or not man we are we are together until the end like this is you and i to the end of the line kind of thing i'm excited to see what the future holds man <laughs> can you fathom saying that shit to me the day we recorded the first episode oh my yeah yeah no no way would have laughed in my face there was no way we thought we were gonna get to like season two let alone season five like this is absurd and talking to the people we've talked to pro athletes musicians that have been just heard around the world world world-class doctors mindfulness experts hell our family all of it dude i'm so proud of what we've done and like we've said since the start this is just like only the beginning you holy shit the people have been listening to all this regardless of whether you just like pop in and out of episodes i don't blame you i do that with a lot of podcasts or you follow the podcast and interact with the content and whatever none of this happens without you like you've given me the opportunity to grow into this person who i am so unbelievable like I i can't put into words how happy i am to be me now here like you've supported me and all of my goals and hopes, and you've understood the dark times. You've given me space when I needed it and support when I needed it, whenever I've looked for it. Like, we're not here if it's not for you. Like, this whole project isn't here if it's not for you. Cheesiness completely aside, like, I don't know where in my life I am right now if it's not for all of you, for everything that you guys have done for me. I promise you from the bottom of my heart where I would be in my life if it wasn't for this experience and this, this you know, it, it truly is a community to me. 
I don't know where I would be, but I promise you it would not be here. It would be in way worse circumstances. Like, I'm here chasing a dream that I started two years ago, and people have done nothing but, like, champion that. Like, I've been introduced, I've been so lucky to be introduced to this part of my life that it's like, it feels so right. Like, letting people tell their stories, sharing experiences, talking about mental health in a way that is not scary, it is not in your face, it is just conversations hopefully showing how easy it can be to make a monster impact in your own life or the lives of other people everybody's mental health like to talk to do what i do and talk with people on such a purely human level is the truest joy of my life and so i wanted to take this opportunity as we as we launch into season five um, as we have an absolute knockout guest today to take this opportunity just a few minutes at the beginning of the podcast to do a little bit of reflection and just kind of like from the bottom of my heart and from both of us like truly 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 thank you thank you thank you all right i love you guys i really do uh getting into our season premiere today I'm, I'm stoked about this one. Long time in the making, man. Do you want to give them? Do you want to give them like the full story right after this? Sure. Yeah, of course. I gotta give them the story. This is like this is basically every. This is my whole personality now. So here's a little, you know, a little little quandary for you. If you're a man looking for a community, 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 hot start, community, who just gets it, then look no further than the boys over at Tether. Tether is a men's mental health social network that is a safe space for men to just get some shit off their chest and connect with a community focused on healing. Head over to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store today. Start connecting. Mm, amazing. Shout out to Tether. Uh, so last year, I got one of the biggest shocks, surprises of my life, whatever you want to call it, uh, when I got mixed up for uh, a Big Brother Canada contestant. Um, what had happened was uh, they named a replacement on the show after uh, some guy was kicked off. They brought in this replacement. His name, drumroll please, was Kyle Moore. He was this like tall white guy, long hair, and uh, and so you know obviously just twins. And um, like I remember see like getting a few Twitter notifications the night that the cast was released and people were tweeting me. And I thought, oh, like there must be a guy named Kyle Moore on the show. That's too funny. And I went to bed that night. And when I woke up the next day, I had like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of notifications of people mentioning me in tweets. And basically I was like just instantly adopted by this Big Brother Canada fandom. Are we passionate bunch? Absolute monster understatement. And, uh, and yeah, basically I followed along with the season and, uh, and it introduced me to Big Brother and reality TV in a way that I hadn't really been introduced to it before. Um, and, and through this mix-up, like I've been able to connect with a, a bunch of Big Brother contestants who have told me their stories and shared their experiences. And one such person we are unbelievably fortunate enough to talk with today. Yeah, you might know him as the Big Brother Canada 9 Veto King. It's the one-man highlight show. One of the most prolific competitors in Big Brother Canada history? Or you might just know him as the one and only Roe Show. I don't, I don't this know. This week, we are very excited 
to be joined by 27-year-old strategic partnerships manager from Toronto, Ontario, the man himself, Rohan Kapoor. We're going to talk all about things mental health and reality TV, uh, what Rohan went through in the house, and make sure to stick around until the end of the episode for a little Life's Rec update. But in the meantime, Rohan, buddy, I'm so glad that we had the chance to connect, um, and thank you for taking the time to share your story with all of us. How you doing, man? Yeah, um, all's well. I think, you know, coming out of the Big Brother house, it's definitely like an overwhelming experience, right? Because um, we're all hit with so much that we didn't get to see in the Big Brother house, right? We're cut off for a full basically three months where we don't have our phones, we don't have access to the internet or what's going on in the outside world. And so those first, you know, couple of weeks when we do get out and, you know, get all those pieces of technology back, super overwhelming because, you know, I, you know, like, for example, with COVID, like, I didn't know COVID vaccines had rolled out. I didn't know, like, the Raptors didn't make the playoffs, small stuff like that, right? Like, that you wouldn't yeah, yeah, normally, yeah. Um, you know, even consider missing, you missed. And then on top of that, social media um, with Instagram and Twitter, obviously, in the Big in the big Brother world is, is pretty big. So reading all the comments just about your gameplay and, and whatnot was... Um, you know, it was a lot, right? There's a lot of positive stuff. There's a few 100%. different, you know, negative pieces mixed in there. But overall today, like two and a half months later, doing really, really well, uh, really is integrated back into my regular life now. So, uh, you know, back at work and, you know, meeting up with friends that I hadn't seen in a long time. So everything's going uh, pretty smoothly now. Good stuff, man. Dude, I was, it was funny when you brought that up because I was just kind of thinking about like how crazy it must have been for those people in Big Brother Canada 8 to get the news that like covid hit the world basically like that would just be like i mean i can imagine that you'd be sitting there just going like yeah it's got to be a joke there's got to be part of the game like there's no way that there's this global pandemic sweeping through the entire world and like everything's getting shown. i'm getting sent home my one chance at doing this it, it's true right because we like we don't get access to any pieces of news in there right so for for them to come on and and you know actually let the house guests know in big brother canada season eight that there was this virus going on and it you know it started in china it was kind of making its way around the world. I mean, just to get that yeah. piece of news sitting in the house, you have to know immediately that it's super, super important, right? Because right. otherwise they wouldn't they wouldn't be telling you that. So um, it, it's definitely surreal, I think, for those house guests who have gone through that, like just heard everything that was going on without being able to access anything, like their families or any news that was happening. And then um, just trying to comprehend actually how serious it was, right? Uh, obviously, a pandemic doesn't happen every year. So uh, yeah. for them, it's just like, you know, crazy, crazy um, experience. Experience. And then to have the season cut short, super unfortunate for them because it's, it's honestly a once in a lifetime. But I think, you know, I've talked yeah. to a lot of them in season eight and most of them have taken it pretty well, um, you know, with respect to the season getting cut short. And, you know, kudos mm. to them, honestly, because it's it's the dream, right? Absolutely. Yeah. How, how long were you kind of like applying for uh, Big Brother Canada before this uh, this all happened? Yeah, so I've I've actually only applied twice. The first time okay. I applied was, I think, season two or season three. So like um, six or seven years ago, like when I was back mm. in university, uh, very much a different person, I think, at that point in time. Um, and it was like the application that I put through that time it was like very last minute. It was like the hour before applications were due. I was right. just like, yeah, OK, yeah. like I'm going to I'm going to submit a video, see what happens. And I didn't really like try. Um, and I just, just wanted to do it and say I did it. So I did it then and, uh, you know, didn't get a call back. But then um given covid and like everything that was going on in the last year i'm like you know for me i wanted to like go and finish university and then you know get a job and then develop myself right, in my yeah, job yeah. And, like really just take like that super linear path that you're supposed to do and so mm. for me like after that there was not really like a right time to apply for big brother because i had to do all these things and so when covid hit like it was just like something kind of ticked in my brain where i was like okay 
I'm sitting at home all the time. Everybody's sitting at home all the time. Uh, you know, let me do something new. Like, let me try to color outside the lines a little bit. And then that's when I thought mm -hmm. about Big Brother. I've always been a fan. I've always watched a show, uh, but I've only ever applied once. So I threw in an application um, late last year for, for season nine. That was only my second time that I've applied and obviously lucky enough to go through that, that process. And um, it was super fun and a great yeah. experience to like, go through and happy I did it. Yeah. It's amazing. What was like the feeling like when you when you got accepted like were you able to tell like anybody when you finally got that call no so you can't like it, it's really kind of you have to keep it to yourself and um you know it's a lot of like whole closed doors process. fist pumping exactly exactly yeah so you know when you get that call it's just like okay like you know gotta contain myself i can't mm. really have conversations with people so um you know I, the thing is like they want to cast such a diverse group of people and they want people to um come into the house with like fresh heads they don't want to have um, them prepped or trained by anybody. And so like going around and talking to people about the application process is, is a big no, obviously. Um, and then letting them know where you got the, in the application process too. So, mm. um, for me, it was just like, you know, I kept everything to myself and every time I, I had a chat with them, I would just kind of, um, you know, reflect on that conversation and what could possibly be next. And if I felt good or if I felt bad about that conversation and um and try to do everything i could to, to be better the next time around so um yeah it was very much a secret that i held from a lot of my friends and uh also from my family like i didn't know I didn't even let my parents know uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh you know when when things were going on until it was actually time to let them know so uh yeah it was a it was a crazy cool experience just to go through that by myself and and have to deal with that whole application process but uh but interesting dude i cannot imagine that keeping that secret is easy no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I, think, I think many people naturally, they're going to want to be like, oh my God, like, you know, I'm, I'm of course, going through this yeah. process or like, you know, because it's such a, it's such a unique experience for people, right? The show's only been around in Canada since 2013 and mm -hmm. everybody, it's like, it's one of the top, if not the top national reality show in, in the country, right? So like, naturally, if you get a call back, you're going to want to tell people. But yeah, uh, yeah for me, that, that was the toughest part, right? It's just to not be able to tell my friends and family and uh, keep it kind of a secret. Yeah, dude, one thing that I was really surprised with when we talked uh, earlier was the idea that you guys got your phones taken like so far in advance of actually going on the show. Like what what was what was that like? Where, you know, when did you actually just be like, okay, I'm officially disconnected? And also like, how did that feeling of disconnected feel in a world where like we are just constantly in this web of connectivity yeah it was uh it was pretty soon so um you know i can't speak too much to the period you know up of course until yeah, the, yeah. the show but with respect to um losing my phone you know at, at when we had first contact with them as soon as like the things were getting underway like we lost access to that and so um you know i was actually working uh, that day that i got picked up until about half an hour before um, they actually picked me up. So I was literally on my laptop on my phone for half an hour before, um, you know, trying to get things done, respond to emails, make sure my boss knew what was going on. And um, and then they picked me up half an hour later and, um, you know, dropped my phone. And, and it was just kind of cold turkey from there. And it was super weird, right? Because like, I think everybody talks about going through these social media cleanses and getting off Instagram and Twitter yeah. and Snapchat um, and, you know, putting the phone down for a greater number of hours per day and, you know, reducing your screen time, right? Everybody talks about that stuff and then very few people actually go and implement it. But for me, I had mm -hmm. no choice, right? Everybody's going to yeah. lose their phone. Everybody's going to lose access to the internet. So um, I was I was super glad to, to have done that. And even the nature of my job too, right? Like even when I'm off on vacation, um, it, it's, it's one of those jobs, like business development where I'm, I'm constantly checking emails anyway, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's never truly like, you know, off or on a vacation. And so for me to be able to do that was 
super refreshing, uh, but also yeah, super weird at the same time, right? You know, it's it's not very often you're cut off from the world for for that period of time, um, and, and have to do a cold turkey, right? Uh, just to go yeah. through that little bit of a cleanse and get off social media and email a bit was nice. Let alone, I mean, come back and then all of a sudden you've got. I'm sure just like a flood of messages, flood of notifications, flood of emails. So you go basically go from like cold turkey, no electronics to like the complete opposite. Like was that was that part overwhelming when you got out of the show and all of a sudden kind of had to like resume that day to day life? Yeah, super overwhelming. So um, mm. like on Instagram, obviously, uh, you have a bunch of your friends messaging you, but then also like people that come to know you during the course right. of the show that have followed you over the course of that time. Uh, are messaging you too. So there's like such an influx of messages hitting you up. Instagram. Exactly. You got Kyle Moore uh, with his podcast reaching out and, you know, <laughs> I got to get back to all these people. So, um, so, you know, for me, obviously like crazy cool experience, right? Like this is the first time I've like, I've been on national TV or like done anything yeah, yeah, similar yeah. to this. So, um, you know, it's cool to see like not only friends and family that have turned into fans, but like actual fans that are watching the show for years and years, um, mm -hmm. like know who you are and reach out to you as a, as a result of that. Um, and then, yeah, like people text me too. I think I think cell phones have this unique thing where like or if somebody texts you and your phone's off for a certain period of time the carrier actually drops the message so I, mm. I know a lot of people texted me throughout the course of the show but a lot of those didn't actually end up delivering so I had to gotcha. put up an Instagram story and just let people know to, to hit me up in the DMs instead uh, or retext me but uh, super overwhelming, right? And I think like a lot of people that I haven't heard from in a long time too, like maybe people that I went to university with or high school with were reaching out and, and that watched the show, which was which was cool also to reconnect with those people and to see that like actual, you know, acquaintances of mine in the past tuned in and, and watched something like this. But to your point, super overwhelming, right? There was just, there was just yeah. a lot to go through and like not only that, but news and things that have happened in the world uh, over the last three months uh, right. to catch up on. So, so definitely lots hit you at once. Yeah coming from going in the house and then coming out of the house and obviously having your life changed, like how has your kind of like self-care, the emphasis on self-care being put on now versus kind of before, like has that mindset changed about like how you take care of yourself based on how overwhelming things have been? Yeah, no, it was, um, you know, those, those first two weeks is particularly after the show were super overwhelming. And so there was this huge emphasis on, on self-care and making sure that you're actually taking the time you need to yourself and reflect upon the experience. And, you know, there, there's some people that choose to get right back into it, right? You know what, you want to go back and watch the season immediately and get back ingrained in it and see how you look on TV. I was kind of the opposite though. I just needed to like mm. distance myself and like disconnect a little bit from the experience. I had just lived it. Right. Uh, I yeah, know 100%. I was there for, for 41 of 69 days. So I missed the back half of the game a little bit, but you know, I lived the whole experience in, in the house and then in the jury. And um, I just need some time to like disconnect from the whole experience a little bit, not immediately go back and watch the episodes. But after uh, a period of time where I was on Instagram and, and, you know, uh, checked some messages and responded to some people and got back to some fans, uh, you know, I, I had to put it down for a little bit. Right. It's yeah. just yeah, at a certain point, you do have to take a break. And that's what I decided was best for me and my self-care and um, and just really just be present in, in coming back to the to the regular world uh, where where things are happening. Right. And, um, you know, I use that opportunity to reconnect with friends in, in real life because things started to open up, um, you know, post COVID vaccinations. Uh, as, as I came out of the Big Brother house and, um, you know, hopped on Zoom calls with my friends and, you know, talked about the whole experience, obviously, but then, you know, what's been happening in their life over the last three to four months. Um, so all of that stuff was really refreshing and like having people by my side usually is best for my self-care and, and right. having, you know, my friends to interact with and my, my parents, and my brother, my family mm -hmm. to interact with, um, always, always super helpful. And so they all in some way, shape or form helped guide me uh, coming out of that house in, in that experience. So I'm um, mm -hmm. obviously super grateful for them and, and they were essential in my healthcare. 
that's awesome man. self-care i mean excuse me it yeah all good in the actual house itself um i kind of want to talk about like the the relationships just with that group in the house um i i'm always so curious because like i feel like especially during these COVID times when we, we couldn't be with other people all of the sudden when you walk into a house and you've got you know all of these you're surrounded by interesting unique people and you can just like be there and have a mat not have to worry about a mask or anything like that like how long did you actually get to enjoy that before all of a sudden you clicked and you're like oh i'm here to play a game every word i'm saying they're picking up on stuff i'm trying to read them they're trying to read me like when did that shift happen for you it's it's such a good question because um i think at first everybody's super excited about the experience right yeah, when we walk in those front doors that's the first time we ever meet a Miss Arissa Cox. That's the first time we ever meet um, the other house guests that that are in there. And for for me, it was 13 other people this year. And there's that feeling of like, um, you know, this is a crazy cool experience. I've watched the show for so long and I've been a fan of the show and I've always wanted to be here, but never thought it was possible. And now I'm actually here and I'm on the other side of the camera and there's that excitement level to it. Right. And so that first little bit of the first night where we're introducing ourselves to each other and, you know, trying to memorize names and where people are from and how old they are um, and what they do for a living, like all that stuff. It was super cool. And I think everybody was just caught up in the excitement of all that. Um, But there was the point I think where, uh, Arissa came on the screen and like obviously with Big Brother expect the unexpected the whole tagline um, she came on the screen and we and told us that we were going to start the season in teams right so as opposed to being pure individual players on night one we were going to start the, te- uh, the season in teams of seven and uh, we were going to have two team captains uh, in the house that we had not yet met like that, there was only 12 right. of us in yeah, there before yeah. they walked in so um, I think you know when when Kiefer and Tino walked out after that announcement I think right there that's what clicked for me is like okay the season's starting right now like people are starting to look around the room to understand mm-hmm. who do I want on my team who do I think I can work with in this game and and how am I going to get the farthest and um, you know going through that lottery pick of, of you know team captains and then deciding team defender and team destiny that was like okay we're starting to play and then yeah. immediately that first night we're hopping into a competition so it's like there's no time to, to enjoy it really <laughs> there's yeah. that first like there's that first half an hour and then you toss right into the game so and that's the yeah. way it should be honestly so um but yeah that's that's what it was for me who, who were the people that like when you first walked into the house you were like you're like oh i want to work with these people like if, if you could have like kind of ran the show 100 percent how you wanted to who would you have been around who have you paired up with yeah, I, that's such a tough question. I don't know if I had any mm-hmm. immediate instincts, um, like right off the bat, just meeting people. Uh, but like, I think over the course of that first night, like maybe post first competition, like talking to people, um, just starting to get to know them. Like, I felt like on my team at, at first, actually, um, I felt like I vibed with Latoya and with uh, Jetson. Um, and I didn't know Brayden as well at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like nor Kiefer. Uh, and so those were the two maybe on my team. And I was just starting to get to know Julie too. Um, and Josh and I had actually formed um, or started to form what would have been either a three or four person alliance with, with Kyle and Victoria. Um, mm-hmm. And if not Victoria, it would have just been myself, Kyle and Josh. And so I, I actually got really good vibes from Josh pretty early on. I'm um, just talking after that first competition tonight too, as well. Um, and so I would have actually really enjoyed if things would have played out with him. Um, and I think that we could have done some damage together. Those were my immediate thoughts. I think I was less concerned on the other team just because of the team focused environment uh, where, you know, we are playing this game in teams. It could be around for two to three weeks. And so mm-hmm. um, 
I wasn't really looking at the other team as much, but obviously Kyle and I hit it off almost immediately, like day two, day three, uh, we were syncing up really nicely. Victoria is someone that I really liked early on uh, because, you know, she's from Hamilton originally, originally I'm from Burlington. So we're right next door okay, to each yeah, other. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was just kind of something to, to um, you know, vibe on. So those, those three, I think were my original instincts. And then, you know, obviously as the game goes on, things change and, and different relationships develop. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, people you thought you could work with uh, start turning on you. And so it's like, it's a whole experience, right? So, yeah. um, but yeah, initial thoughts were, were those three probably. I'd love if you could kind of talk a little bit more about like that idea of these relationships changing and turning on you and stuff, because at the end of the day, obviously you are all there to play a game, but like, I, I feel like the, the word trust is a really interesting thing in the house where it's like, how far can you actually take that trust? Like kind of how comfortable were you with kind of like letting people in on what your game plan was, what you wanted to do? Uh, like how comfortable were you with just letting laying the cards on the table with certain people? Yeah, it's, it's a tough question because my strategy actually changed a little bit going into the house. Like going into the house, mm. I wanted to like form this five-person alliance. I wanted to have a super um, uh, like competition beast in my alliance and then a strategist. And I wanted to be the one behind the scenes, you know, calling all the shots little, and, and trying to make puppet things master, happen, right? Yeah. A, little, yeah. a little puppet master type thing. You saw that in my bio too. And then, yeah. you know, suddenly um, a twist in the turn of events, like, you know, my team loses week one and suddenly... Um, you know, I'm no longer one of 14 people that can go home. I'm actually one of six people that can go home. Mm. And so the odds are just like really not in my favor right off the bat. Um, and I have to immediately shift my focus less on strategy, more just about how I can stay in the game week one, because, you know, everybody knows you don't want to go home week one. Um, you know, shout out to my girl, Julie. She did a great job. She could have gone far in the game. But, you know, that's that's kind of the first hurdle in the game is not going home that first week. And then, you know, the next one is maybe getting to jury. So um, mm. for me, I was so focused on that. Uh, early on but then as time goes on and relationships change and you know I started to get closer obviously to Kyle and to Austin and to Braden more than anybody in the house um, and, and for me those people came off as super trustworthy that and, and genuine people right like people mm-hmm. that I can trust with with anything that I say it is not going to go around to other people in the house and so um, I do believe that most um, if not all things that I told those three individuals probably did not make their way around the house Whereas people that, you know, I I thought that I could trust early on, you know, if I would tell them certain bits of information, I would find out that they would Mm. circulate, right? And so that was kind of a gauge for me in terms of who I would tell things to and who I wouldn't. Um, But, you know, the game just evolved so much and I ended up losing those close people that I could trust the most. And so I had to adjust and and reframe and make sure that I could take myself deep in the game. And I did it as much as I could, but uh, unfortunately didn't play out. Yeah, I mean, dude, still played an Unreal 41 days. Yeah. Like, that was, you know, watching it as a fan. This was the first season that I've actually, like, watched Big Brother, obviously, with the Kyle mm-hmm. 1, Kyle 2 mix-up, whatever it was. Right. Um, you know, I, I got into the show, and I, I loved the cast. I thought you guys were all great, and it was, like, super captivating. And I remember just, like, all the love on Twitter for for Roe Show, for Vito King kind yes. of thing. It was awesome, man. It was great to see. <laughs> love that. Um, I, I kind of wanted to, like, know... In terms of like when you're actually in the house, I always kind of got the feeling like it was like a social experiment. Like you are literally watching these people interact with one another. It's such a human thing because it's like, you know that there's cheese in the middle of the maze, but now you're watching all the mice, you know, kind of try to work together to yep. get there. But they only, they know only one of them can get the cheese. Um, so I'm kind of curious just like how, how you kind of dealt with that on the day to day, took care of yourself, just stayed like focused uh, while not just, I guess, driving yourself crazy in the house. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it is. It's a good analogy, right? We are we are basically these mice or, or rats in, in this like four by four box, um, you know, <laughs> not, so to speak, but like, uh, and, and all kind of chasing this one prize. And then, you know, mm. got the whole country watching us and seeing what we're doing and how we're doing it. So, um, mm. you know, th those first, uh, those first couple of days walking into the house, it was it was definitely a surreal experience, just like knowing that you're mic'd up 24 seven, and that you're getting video 24 seven, and everybody, um, you know, whether it's on the casual episodes that get edited in that air three times a week, mm -hmm. or whether it's on the live feeds, like somebody is seeing what you're doing at almost at all points of the day, right? And so you definitely have to be cognizant of that in, in terms of how you play the game. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just like thinking about that for the first three days or the first four days or so um, was, was a, a unique experience. But after that, like, I kind of just went back into my normal personality, right? I kind of forgot the cameras were there and I forgot the mics were there and I just tried to play the game as hard as I can. Um, mm -hmm. And I tried to talk to the people that I thought would get me far in the game and try to work out certain relationships. And I was just honestly being myself in there. Um, you know, I didn't owe anything to anybody. So I was comfortable with, with lying to someone. I was comfortable deceiving someone. Um, but, you know, I needed to do those things in order to get far in the game. And I was comfortable with that. Um, but at that point, I forgot the cameras were there and I forgot the mics were there and I was just going out and playing the game. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so in terms of how I took care of myself, um, you know, there's there's obviously a stress on having to interact with other house guests because if you interact with other house guests then you do better in the game right if you form better mm -hmm. relationships naturally you're going to go further and so you know i did spend a lot of my time interacting with other house guests and making sure that they liked me and you know maybe whether or not i liked them as long as they liked right. me that was the most important thing um but you know i tried to clear my head oftentimes with you know working out obviously it's a great way to do mm. things and relieve stress so when we had the gym in the backyard i would try to use that as much as possible we had certain activities that we could do in there like play pool for fun or play some chess and you know just doing a couple of those things to take your mind off the game sometimes was actually really really helpful for for mm. my mental health and for my self-care and making sure that i was doing okay in the game and so i tried to do those things as much as possible but also just tried to rotate around from room to room too right like i didn't want to spend too long in one place and um you know i also didn't want to spend too long alone right i wanted to mm. spend an equal amounts of time with with myself and also with other people in the house and try to get to know mm. people on a personal level outside of the game too and all of that kind of helps and, and brings you back to to kind of the real world even though you're still sitting in this house playing this game so um just really a diverse kind of group of activities that i try to keep myself busy with would you call it a routine? I there there is some sort of routine mixed in, but yeah. I feel like every every day was almost a, a little different, right? Um, because like yeah, depend depending on what depending on what was going on, like some days we would have an HOH competition, some days they'd have a veto competition, some days we'd have nothing, right? And so right. on those days where we had nothing, there it warranted a little bit more effort on my part to you know take care of myself a little bit more and make sure that I was getting everything done that I needed to, like talk to the right people that day and spent enough time alone and maybe did mm -hmm. uh, maybe played some chess or played some pool and got to know somebody on a personal level that I hadn't got to know. Um, you know, two weeks ago. So every right. day was a little different, but you know, there was a little bit of routine mixed in there. And, um, you know, I tried to uh, keep myself busy as much as possible and, um, you know, make sure that uh, I was always thinking clearly in the game and I always wanted to make decisions that would help me get further. And so doing all those things helped me get there. Yeah. Speaking of decisions that uh, would make you uh, get further, do you want to take, you know, a second or two and kind of gloat about never losing a chess game in, uh, <laughs> in the house? Yeah. 
Yeah, I uh, so I, I never lost a chess game in the house. Uh, oh, obviously, boy, nice. <laughs> what, one of my other claim to fame, aside from the veto. So uh, I don't know. I think maybe it was actually a mistake winning all those chess games. I think maybe I should have tossed a game or two in in the mix there because I know people were were coming after me for a little bit uh, throughout the first half, and uh, you know maybe winning those chess games wasn't super advantageous. Reinforced for me. it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I don't know. You know, sometimes you just you don't want to lose. You just want to go out and try to and try to take home the win. So uh, undefeated uh, in the Big Brother Canada house in chess. Tell your friends, tell your families. It's the I love it. That's gonna be that's <laughs> that's gonna be the uh, the post when I'm uh, when I'm putting up this uh, this episode. It's just you sitting in front of a big poster. It just says "Never lost in chess in the Big Brother house." Yes, <laughs> let's go. Um, I, I kind of wanted to know, like, if there were any players in the game who were really because when I, I remember when I uh, I talked to Josh when he came out of the house, um, he heard about the whole Kyle one, Kyle two thing, and he reached out. And um, I told him about the, the mental health podcast and everything. And he was saying, oh, that's really cool. Like mental health was something that I really definitely made sure I took care of while I was in the house. So I was kind of curious, like where was mental health talked about within the the house guest itself? Or were there a couple of people who were really like, you know, everyday yoga, meditating, any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, no, I think um, we definitely talked about it uh, quite a bit in the house. I think it was really just an ongoing conversation. Like it wasn't just like one of those things where we sat in a circle and talked about once on on day on day three or you know yeah, day yeah, five yeah. or whatever um you know day we're on but i think it was just an ongoing conversation that we always had because you know we're at the end of the day we were 14 of a, a very small group of people in canada that have ever got to experience something like this right and so um we only know the experience that we shared with each other and nobody else on the outside is ever going to get to know that unless you know they're, in, they're on a future season um and so you know we kind of bonded over that fact generally speaking and we took that, you know, one step further and we, we did talk a lot about how to take care of yourself, um, you know, with respect to the game and also coming out mm-hmm. of the game too, right? Because we talked earlier in the, in the podcast about like things that were super overwhelming with respect to social media and just news in the outside world. And so everything hits you at once. And I think those people in the house, they're the only other ones that are going to get to experience that. And so how can we like feed off each other in terms of tips, in terms of recommendations, in terms of guidance and, and, and taking care of each other um, and taking care of ourselves? Um, so not just with respect to inside the house, but also outside. And, you know, there, there's certain points in the house where you do get low, right? Like when when Kyle and I were nominated um, in week, whatever it was, week four by Kiefer, um, you know, there there's... Uh, periods in the time periods of time in the house where house guests just don't want to interact with people that are on the block right and so you do feel mm-hmm. kind of isolated at certain points um even though like generally speaking i feel like i was well liked around that house when you're on the block you're kind of like this this weird type of cancer that people don't want to associate themselves with right, right. so you get that weird kind of feeling in your stomach that people just don't want to talk to you and you wonder how mm. you're going to be perceived. And so there's, there's so many things going on in your mind when you're on the block um, that, that it, it, causes, it kind of does affect you uh, mentally. So you do have to really engage in those tactics that we talked about earlier to pull yourself out of it. For me, I ended up getting used to it, right? Like I, that was the first time I was on the block, but by the time I was on the fifth, fifth time on the block like i was like i was cruising right i was just like put me on the block i don't that really was, care that was at this home point. Base. like that was home base like that's where yeah, i yeah. live that's where i wanted to be because you know at that point i'm just like, I'm a little bit of a block star right i'm, I'm putting, getting mm. put on the block and I'm, I'm winning the videos to take myself off i'm like why not just do it again so that's the road i decided to take after and that's how i personally dealt with that that whole mental situation that whole mental situation right it's like mm. this is the way it's going to be i'm in the game right now people are playing the game and like let me play it too so um you know, we, we did have ongoing conversations about it and we tried to help each other as much as possible, especially the people we were close to in, in our alliances. And um, I think it was helpful for everybody. 
Yeah. It was, was there like a day, I mean, like you obviously just talked about a really stressful situation being up there with Kyle. Um, was there a day that you can kind of pinpoint where you were like, damn, like that day was, that was a hard day to get through in the house. Yeah. I think honestly, transparently, you know, it was, let's see. I mean, it was probably a split between that nomination um, mm-hmm. just because at the time Kyle and I were confused because we didn't know about the Sunsetters Alliance and kudos to them, right? Like they kept themselves like pretty, pretty hid. So, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't know that that was their alliance there. So uh, for me, like, you know, rationally thinking, I'm like, okay, Kiefer, we just kept him. He's going to nominate two of the three people that voted against him for sure. But, you know, we didn't know that alliance was already in place with Latoya and Kiefer and the fact that they were both on the block, like it wasn't going to change mm-hmm. that. Um, and so that was just like a very confusing time for us, I think, because we didn't know about it. And so that I think was, was super tough. Um, and then it turned into like, okay, now we have to fight for our lives and we have to go out and win a veto. And there was a lot of pressure and stress to do that. Otherwise we're getting split up for sure. Um, and I think the only other time that, that I really felt something similar was right before Josh's eviction. Right. Because, uh, at that point I didn't know this at the time, but like at that point I was super close to going home. Like I was pretty much gone. Um, you know, the, the votes were getting flipped on me. Josh was looking like he was mm-hmm. going to stay, even if it was by a vote of six to four. And, um, you know, they needed, they needed two people to, to kind of pull the strings and make it happen. One of them was Tina, one of them was Victoria. Both of them decided to vote for me to stay. And so ultimately they didn't have the votes to stay, but it was such a last minute thing, um, in the house. Like it was literally a conversation at the top of the stairs, 30 seconds before we sat wow. down before the eviction. Um, where it was firmly decided that Josh was going to go home. So I knew uh, 30 seconds before the eviction, it was going to be unanimous. And so when, when Arissa read mm. the results, it, I wasn't shocked um, mm. because I just found out. But other, otherwise, like there was that, that whole three hours before that eviction was chaotic. There was people running in rooms left, right, and center. Um, you know, there's people talking about flips. There's people talking about keeping it the same. Austin, who was HOH Damn. at the time, had no clue any of this was going on. I had to tell Austin and Braden that there was a flip attempt on me right now, like this is happening now. Um, and so conversations were going on left, right, and center. And there was a period of time where I just had to sit in the kitchen with Josh and just let it all play out. Like I was in rooms, oh I was God, pleading man. with people. Yeah, I was pleading yeah, with yeah. people. I was like, I was like, and you know, Jed was one of the people where I I could tell immediately that he's a, he is a trustworthy guy and he's loyal to his people. And so if you tell him something and you actually mean it, then he's going to believe you. And so I was talking mostly to Jed and I don't believe Jed wanted me to go home at that point. Mm -hmm. So um, he was really, I think, helpful in in me staying that week as well. So it it just a a really surreal experience. I was this close to going home and, uh, you know, luckily it was Josh. I wish it was neither one of us. I wish we could have worked together, but, um, but that's, that's the way it played out. So whole big brother experience and happy to have had that and actually made it to jury after that which was nice yeah how, how was the uh, the jury house like when you obviously getting evicted i like i'm not even gonna pretend like that doesn't probably just wrench your gut you know you're just like looking at it going oh man 41 yeah. days in the house like you know there was still more time i had more i had more days that i wanted to be here um yeah. like is there any kind of sense of relief once you're in the jury house of just like this was a crazy experience i get to appreciate it and just kind of like kick back for a little bit definitely there yeah. there is for sure um you know when i was evicted it was arissa coming up at the top of the night being like okay first person that gets evicted you're going to jury and then after Vic was evicted, okay, it's a double eviction, right? And we kind of had a feeling it was going to be a double eviction. We thought maybe it was going to be that week, like when it actually happened or the week after that. But we knew one was coming up soon. There's never a season with no double eviction, right? So we were trying to guess and speculate. Um, but I don't believe, if I remember correctly, I don't believe it's ever been the first two members of the jury. So in my mind, I'm thinking that 
Victoria is going to go home and the next week's going to be a double. Um, but, um, when she announced that it was like, okay, for me, where Mm. I'm at right now, I've lost Kyle, I've lost Austin. I only have Braden really, who's my closest ally and he's been great to me, but he's so good with everybody else in the house that like, if he, if it comes down to him having to put his neck on the line, is he going to do it? I'm hoping so. Um, I Mm. think he might. But there's also the conflict of interest there where he's like, I'm putting myself at jeopardy with everybody else. And so I wouldn't have blamed him for having to go an alternative route there. Um, But, you know, with me, I was like, okay, I need to do one of two things right now. I need to either win HOH or I need to win the veto. And if I don't win one of those two things, there's a good chance that that I probably go home in this double eviction. So for me, like the writing was kind of on the wall. And, you know, when Kiefer won that HOH, it sucked because he got five questions right. I got four questions right. I was super close. And then when Ty won that veto, I didn't do particularly well in that veto, uh, but he won. And I was like, okay, this is, this is it. Um, Yeah. yeah, And I did have a conversation with him um, post veto just to talk about it. And I don't think it was the right time for him to turn on, on Jed and Beth, even though I know he wanted to, because he let me know. Mm. Uh, But for me, the writing was on the wall. So that made it long story to tell that that made it more comfortable for me to walk out the door because I knew it was happening. It wasn't a blindside or anything like that. Uh, and so when I did get out, uh, a little bit of a relief, right? Like, just like, okay, like that was super stressful. I lost some of my close mm. allies. Uh, but now I can maybe go de-stress at the jury house. And that's, that's exactly what I did. You know, we went to the jury house, Victoria and I, we talked basically the whole night about the game and what happened and where, where, you know, her invisible HOH head was at and why she made the decisions she did, why I made the mm. decisions I did. And so those first couple nights were constantly thinking about the game and what we could have done better. And so that's, that's always going to be in the back of your mind. But at the same yeah. time, um, when that conversation is over, I can go sit on the lawn chair by the fire. I can go sit on the dock. I can go yeah, sit in the hot tub. Like, just like relax a little bit and take the stress 100%. off, take the load off. And, um, and that was really, really nice for um, over, over 25 days, I think I was there. Yeah, wow. That's a long time. Yeah. I mean, granted, long time in a pretty nice house, uh, but still yes. a long time in a house exactly exactly it's uh yeah definitely like cottage cottage vibes but uh, the days did get long for sure uh i, it was, uh, I was I, I never ever sleep in like late the latest i really sleep in is like maybe 9 30 usually mm-hmm. um but in the jury house i was sleeping until one o'clock which is crazy i i don't even know what changed inside me but um i was on such an automatic clock coming out of the house and i was sleeping until like 1 p.m and then getting my day mm-hmm. started so that was that was nice and then just like going to sit by the lake was relaxing absolutely man uh obviously you did spend a lot of time uh and this is something we talked about beforehand but you spent like you know you said there was a lot of downtime in the house you're in jury house you're spending a lot of time alone there um obviously it gives you a lot of time to think um and you know we had kind of talked about beforehand that it made you kind of uh reflect on some relationships you, that you've had with friends uh and, and some friends that are, are are no longer here um and i just i, I would kind of love you know obviously we've talked about it but i would kind of love to like let my listeners in on a little bit of like what that looked like for you uh if that's uh, something you're comfortable sharing absolutely yeah um so g- going through this whole experience it's 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 crazy right like it's a once in a lifetime and something that I really stepped outside of the lines to, to go and do and uh, an opportunity that I'm grateful for. I was humbled by this experience. And, um, you know, for me, within the house itself and, and also within the jury house, there is a lot of downtime to just sit and think and, you know, be in a room by yourself and 
think about stuff that's related to the game, but also stuff that's not related to the game. And so I spent a lot of time thinking about stuff that was outside the house. And, um, you know, one of the things that I talked to, uh, or that I thought about quite a bit was, was my friend, Nicole, uh, who I was super close with one of my best friends, um, that I went to university with, uh, and in my close friend circle, uh, circle of friends, uh, that, uh, unfortunately passed away early in 2018. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, this is such a cool experience that I get to live um, at 27 years of age or 26 years of age. And I was just wondering to myself, like, what would she have been doing at this point in time, right? Like, what kind of crazy experiences would she be going through? What kind of interesting things would she be doing in her life? And, you know, it's unfortunate that she didn't get the opportunity to, to do something like this. Um, because, you know, I know how much of a happy-go-lucky person she was or that she appeared to all of us, right? And so she was always the one in the front group that was trying to make people happy and always the one trying to organize different events and get people together and make sure that we were all in the same room, especially post-university once we had all graduated. Um, and to, you know, see that her, her life got unfortunately cut short was, was particularly hard on, on all of us, um, just to kind of go through that experience. But, you know, taking it one step further is me going through this experience, wondering what she would have been doing at this point in time. And so, you know, I'm grateful to have had this opportunity. I'm just grateful to be here in general, um, Mm. because not everybody is, is that lucky. So, um, you know, she's someone that's very close to me. She always will be very close to me. And, you know, I wore her, uh, you know, for the greater good shirt in the house quite a bit, um, just to kind of represent, uh, you know, the, the mental health brand that her, that her sister Delaney spun up. So, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy to get all these cool experiences, but, you know, super appreciative for the opportunity and, and again, humbled by the experience. And, you know, I wish she could have uh, got to, you know, A, watch me doing something like this and, and B, get to do something like this herself. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, can you explain what, uh, for the greater good, like what it stands for and what it kind of means to you? Yeah. So, you know, for the greater good is, is kind of a tagline for the, for the more noise brand, the, the brand's called uh, noise and it's all about making more noise for mental health. Right. Um, that's, that's kind of the central focus about it. So, you know, obviously they got some apparel, but you know, the main focus is to go and raise funds and awareness for mental health activities and initiatives, uh, everywhere, you know, in particular, I think that some of the more recent ones that they do on that they've done is cam H, um, a variety of activities throughout the year, um, that they organize and orchestrate. There's actually one coming up in September uh, that uh, that people can register for uh, to raise money for, for mental health. Uh, mm-hmm. Myself and three of my other friends, we organized a golf tournament uh, in 2019 that raised about 5,500 for CAMH. So wow. all of this stuff we kind of tied Good back to you, the More Noise brand. And um, and it's all about just you know being loud for, for mental health and checking on your friends and making sure everybody's doing okay and also mm. checking on yourself right um, oh, you know the, for the greater good that's that's kind of the main message behind the tagline and the whole brand in general and so you know obviously my friends and myself we've all taken more of a vested interest in mental health much more than we had before now having gone mm. through the experience with Nicole um, to to make sure that that people are doing okay that people are fine. And, uh, and if not, then that's okay too. Right. But at least they're able to get the resources that they need in order to, you know, hopefully get on, uh, on a, on a better path for themselves and, and make sure that they do get to a point where they are. Okay. So, you know, that's, that's kind of the main initiative behind the brand and something that obviously we all like to represent uh, as much as possible. Yeah. It's beautiful, man. I mean, and obviously mm-hmm. it's just such a, such a testament to like check on all of your friends. Like mm-hmm. even the ones that are like the happiest, you know, every, getting everybody together, like you yeah. never know what people are going through. So it's always just like a reminder. Exactly. Exactly. That's a great point. Right. Like that's one of the things that we hadn't realized at the time is like, you know, sometimes, sometimes the people that appear the, the happiest or that appear that they want to get everybody together the most. It's like, 
yes, they, they have those good intentions and they want other people to be happy, but sometimes it's, it's a mask for things that are going on behind the scenes that we don't always see. Like you can't see with the naked eye, right? And so that's why to your point, it's so important to check on your friends and make sure that people are doing okay. Even if they seem like they're living this great life and, and they're having a great time because sometimes honestly, maybe they're not. Yeah, I've been really fortunate, obviously, to interview a lot of people through the podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, something that uh, something that somebody said once that really kind of stuck with me was um, for the person in your friend group who's always getting everybody together, maybe they're getting everybody together because, you know, it's just something that they love. But maybe it's also because they don't want to be alone. Um, and uh, and that just kind of is like, for me anyway, that kind of spurned me enough to always check on my friends, um, just regardless of their you know position in the friend group whatever it may be you know they're always just like you gotta you gotta just check on and i like that you had to check on yourself too because you do have to be mm-hmm. honest with yourself and check in and just kind of say like where am i at and and meet yourself where that is absolutely absolutely no it's super important you talked about self-care early on in, in this interview right like always important to check on yourself make sure you're doing okay and then spend the effort mm-hmm. and, and make sure that your, your friends are doing okay as well and you know sometimes sometimes it might not always be obvious Sometimes it might, um, but in either scenario, like check on them and make sure they're doing good. Yeah. Can't fill up anybody's cup if your cup's not full first. You got it. Uh, I got a couple more questions for you, just like one or two here. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, I mean, I kind of just want to know, man, uh, like what's what's kind of like the, the next little bit going to look like for you? What kind of stuff are you working on um, and, and how can people get in touch with uh, get in touch with you and just kind of follow along with what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate that. So, you know, first and foremost, came back to, to my uh, my everyday job that I was at before. Um, you know, I'm in business development partnerships. It allows me to really just interact with people like externally to my company and also internally at my company. Um, and it's a job that that I enjoy because I'm a very, you know, personable person. I like interacting with new people uh, on an ongoing basis. And so, um, you know, I came back to, to my job after to, you know, obviously, uh, you know, live downtown and, crazy and, the life, nice, but, yeah. um, and, you know, be able to go and see people again and all that. So, but on, on the side, you know, obviously want to definitely uh, do my best to stay in the content world. Like I would love to do something like this again. Um, you know, whether it's reality TV or whether it's something in the similar arena or just in the content arena, generally speaking. So, uh, I will uh, for sure explore my options on the side and try to do something in tandem, um, you know, with my everyday job. I think obviously this is a, a again, a unique experience that not everybody gets to go through. And these first, you know, several months after the show, pretty pivotal, sorry, pretty pivotal in, uh, in terms of, um, you know, what people do next and some, some past Big Brother house guests have done a really good job at this in terms of branching off a of Big Brother and doing uh, new and different things. And some have been very successful at it. So, you know, it, yet uh, it's, it remains to be seen what, what happens for me. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the journey and seeing seeing what happens. But people can follow me, uh, to your point, at the Rohan Kapoor, T-H-E-R-O-H-A-N-K-A-P-O-O-R on Instagram and on Twitter. It's uh, Rohan BBCan9, I think, uh, whatever the generic handle was that, uh, that my brother created for me while I was gone. Uh, and that's, uh, that's hopefully where I'll be doing some, some new and cool stuff. And, uh, I'm excited for what's next. I love that dude. I can't wait to, I'm sure a lot of people are excited to see what's next for Rosho for sure. Um, yes. And but, hopefully retain that tagline. I got to patent that or something. Absolutely. hundred percent, man. Yeah. Start making yeah. some merch. I, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You'll, you'll do well with it for sure. Exactly. Um, the last thing uh, I want to ask you, man, is at the end of every episode, I like to give a challenge out to my listeners, um, something that they can implement into their day, their week, their month, just like something that they can do, um, to live a happier, healthier, more fulfilled life. Um, obviously you've, you've had some pretty incredible life experience. Uh, so given everything that you've been through, everything that you've done, I would love to know what challenge you would put forth, uh, to anybody who's listening to this podcast. 
Yeah, I talked a little bit about it earlier, but I, you know, I had this idea in the back of my mind that I had to like live this really linear life, right? Where I had to like go to university, finish and get my degree and then get a job and then develop myself and then, you know, move on, so on and so forth. And so, you know, my biggest advice, my biggest challenge for, for your listeners is uh, do your best to, even if it's not right now, even if it's not tomorrow, even if it's not the next day, um, do your best to start to think about how you can start to color outside the lines and try something new, right? Um, you know, COVID for me was, um, you know, a time where I'm sitting at home, everybody's sitting at home, and I had the opportunity to really just, you know, imagine about what what the possibilities could be, right? Like, what, what was the dream for me, right? I've been such a fan of this show for so long. I've only ever applied once. Why was that the case? And so that kind of just sparked something in my mind where I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to try for Big Brother again. Um, this is something that I really wanted to do. There's never going to be a right time to do it, but um, now is a good a time as any. So, you know, start to think about those things that, mm -hmm. that would, you know, take you off that linear path. And I would challenge you to write them down and um, and start to take some action on them. And, you know, whatever that first step is, it might not be easy. It might be easy. Um, and it doesn't have to be something as big as Big Brother, right? It can be something small scale that like just trying uh, a new activity, right? Like mm -hmm. doing yoga or trying an art class. Like it, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, something that's on national TV, but something that at least is, is outside the norm of your everyday life. And that would be, you know, my biggest challenge and, uh, and advice. I love that, man. I, I think yeah. more people need to do that. And I think that you brought, you hit the nail on the head. Like COVID has been a time like that for a lot of people where it's like, you kind of had that sense of normality ripped away all of a sudden for a couple of different, for a couple of years. And now all of a sudden you're sitting back going like, you almost kind of feel like those two years are kind of gone. So it's like, if, if life can be shaken up that quickly, why not try something? You know, why not just like go out on, on a limb if, if this is what life can happen some guy eats a bat in wuhan china now all of a sudden we're all stuck inside for a year and a half i mean you got to take some chances yeah exactly yeah the really unique time obviously the last two years and it got me thinking and, and hopefully um you know in any respect hopefully i've been able to um inspire you know people and you know other people on my cast as well to to do something new and do something different and that would be my my biggest challenge is, is get out there I love it, man. I know my listeners yeah. are going to really like that too. Uh, Ro, I really appreciate it, bro. Um, and uh, yeah, anytime you want to come back on the show, just let me know. It'd be a pleasure to have you back. I appreciate it, my dude. Uh, this was super fun. I'm glad we were able to do this. Ro Dude, what a guy. What a guy. Dude, what a guy. <laughs> what a guy. Uh, thanks for coming on, Rohan. I, I, dude, I cannot wait to see what the future holds for this guy. You know, for people like that, there, there really isn't much of a limit. No, for real. Uh, guys, that is going to do it for the premiere of Season 5. If you like the episode, you know, rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platform. Pretty easy. takes like 30 seconds. You know, helps us out a bunch. And follow us at Life's Rec Podcast, at Morsey. That's Morsey with three Ys. And now at BetterTomorrow.World on, uh, on Instagram. You know, we got some new feeds coming very soon. And with Better Tomorrow, we are excited to announce that the website, a new drop, and a lot more is coming, uh, so make sure to watch out for that. We are in a very interesting spot with Life's Rec right now and, uh, and all of its uh, partner brands, you could say, uh, with Better Tomorrow and Life's Rec Media and then the podcast here. There's a lot going on right now, a lot of moving parts, and um, I'm really excited for you guys to see what we're working on. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be special. I'm, I'm excited. We love you guys and all that you do. Thank each and every one of you uh, for everything that you do. And just remember that when shit gets crazy or you're in a tough spot, just know you are not alone because life's a wreck. And we'll see you in two weeks.
Ah. Shoot. Lazarac. 